Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. I want to preach on for the next little bit. Patterns of priesthood. Patterns of priesthood. Amen. Let's read the Word of God. Shouldn't we always give preeminence to the Word of God? Amen. I love it. Because it's, it's what I can stand on. It's how I know what's really right. Amen. I've seen a lot of good advice fail. And I've seen some bad advice work. But the Word of God changes not, and it fails not. So if we're going to build a life, if we're going to build a church, guys, if we're going to build a youth group, if we're going to build a ministry that is going to stand the test of time, let it be on the changeless, matchless Word of God. Amen? Because not one... Well, old KJV says jot or tittle, and I would say comma or, uh, or exclamation point. Not one part of it will pass away the true revelation of God's Word. We can stand on it. We can build a legacy on that. We can raise a family on that. Amen. We can encourage one another, knowing that although we know not their situation or the outcome, that the principles of the Word of God in the believer's life will stand firm and will prove true. We love it. So Exodus 19, 5 and 6, and I'll just, uh, uh, I'm going to be jumping all around, Casey, so don't worry about trying to keep up with me. Um, we'll just, uh, we'll do the best we can. Um, patterns of priesthood. In the Old Testament, the priests were the guys uh, who were in the long robes and the big funny beards, but they were the ones who were the, uh, uh, the go-between between the people and God's presence, right? So it was very important that the priesthood existed. And you know, uh, now we kind of think of like Catholic priests, like with the you know, little collar and stuff. But uh, in the Old Testament, the priesthood was that, that godly uh, order of men who would stand between the people and a holy God, and they would serve, and they had an important job. It was a connection point to God, right? So it's very important. The Word of God says in Exodus, Now therefore you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant. Then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. This is the Lord talking. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Amen? So he set aside his children, his, his people. They were a special treasure. And because of Jesus, now we are, what the Bible says, graft in. We got to join the team, as it were, to be a part of what God's favorite thing, his special treasure, his set-aside people, his people, we get to be one of those because of Jesus. Amen? So... We read in the New Testament what, how, how the priesthood changed. It's not like it used to be. We don't have to have a long beard, thank goodness, because I've been growing for five years, and this is all I've got. So we would be in trouble. Amen? Amen. I, I, I've been thinking, you know, Pastor Dave's got his lovely beard coming on, so you know, we're having some good influences around here. Amen? So we're just uh, trying to grow our priest beards, but really it won't help because there's only one thing that can set us right, and that's Jesus. Amen. It's not priestly garments and vestures. It's not. Uh, it's not smoke, and it's not. In, it's not fog. It's not anything. It is the blood of Jesus that changes us. Amen. So First Peter two and nine says, "But you, somebody say me. 
You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You, not them, not way back when, us now. We get to be the priest. We're called. Revelation 1, 4 through 6. And John to the seven churches which are in Asia, he wrote this, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. Who's that? Who was, is now, and will be to come? Jesus, the eternal one. Hallelujah. So we greet you in his name from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. That's my Jesus. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood and has made us kings and priests to God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Bow your heads. Kids, bow your heads. I'll be looking. Heavenly Father, we honor you. We love you. We thank you for the revelation of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, it is powerful. It is important. We honor it. We respect it. And we give preeminence and heed to it, Lord. Thank you for these young ears we preach to today. Thank you for them old ears that we get to preach to as well. Thank you for every single person because the word of God says, he who hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And so we thank you, Lord, for your holy word. Encourage us, challenge us, and raise us up to be more like you. In Jesus' name, and the church said amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So you are the priesthood. Who's the priest of this church, you think? Nope. That's a good guess, though. You think maybe because my tie? Because I'm the pastor? The good thing is, Jabin, we're all the priests. That's what the Bible teaches, but that's the best guess in the world. But it ain't me and it ain't Pastor Dave. It's not Michael. It's not Sister Jessica. It's all of us because we have been saved. If you have given your heart to Jesus Christ, you've given him lordship of your life, and he's washed your sins by his blood, and you're following him, you're a child of God, and you're more than just a Christian. You're more than just a, a, you know, just, just a churchgoer. You are a royal priesthood. You are somebody who is important. You go before the Lord in a special seat, a special way. That used to be almost nobody could, but you get to because of Jesus. Amen, young ladies? Amen. Praise God. You are a priesthood. You are chosen. So what do we do as priests? What are we supposed to do? What, what, you know, because we don't just get to wear the hat, you know. We don't just get to wear, you know, wear the, wear, wear the beard or wear the vesture of the priest. Like, what are the duties of priesthood? We are all priests, but there are some responsibilities that come to rest on us. And now I want to switch gears a little bit because I'm going to talk to some of the men of the congregation. And we're going to talk about discharging the duties of priesthood. Like I said, all of us, we are priests and kings seated with him in heavenly places. However, in the church as well as the home, there are some responsibilities and some heavy weights that come to rest, not on your children. Children ought not have to beg you to go to church, I said. But on the shoulders of the priests of the home. And some there in their homes represented here today that do not have, you know, a husband or a father in them, and I bless you and I encourage you, you are under the priesthood as well. And I'm praying for you. Don't think you're getting left out. However, for the sake of the children, we must focus on some of these things. Amen? The men of the church, and I tell you what, 
whenever you bring your children to this church, whether you're a single mom or, or you're a widow, whatever you, your situation may be, know that there are men standing by who know God and are ready to do spiritual violence on behalf of you and your family. Know that. That we love you. And we lift you up in prayer and we will fight your battles with you. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, amen. I, wish some, I wish some men would get up under a burden today. I wish some men would get up under a burden for the church today. Hallelujah. For, the, for, for those maybe who don't have quite the same covering. Through the priesthood, God ruled and governed. So now we're going to talk about the duties, the weighty duties of the priest of the home. The tribe of Levi in the Old Testament was called to serve the congregation and the nation of Israel by being their priestly order to stand aside, to stand in between, to do some important work. The work that the priest does, we need to be aware of it. Uh, number one thing, there's a lot that they did, and a lot of it was ceremonial, a lot of it was spiritual. So we're going to go through a few things. Uh, what you are, as the, as, as the man of your home, called to do, to serve. You're, you're a servant first, a servant leader. Amen? You don't swing that around like a club, but as a shield. Amen? That's what, that's what true biblical authority always looks like. Amen? So number one, they facilitated and led the religious ceremonies and feasts. Okay? That has not changed until today. A, a, man, a godly man in his home needs to be leading out in the religious encounters. If we get some news from the doctor and it's bad news, it's not good news, and we're fearful, then there needs to be a man of God said, you know what we're going to do, children, before we're worried, before we get upset, before we cry, before we call anybody else, we're going to call on the name of an almighty God who is our healer, and I will lead us into the direction of God of God's precepts, of God's way of doing things. We're going to pray, oh, I'm worried, I'm scared, I don't know, we're going through something. It is a man's duty to say, we are going to be pointed to heaven right now. We're going to come before the Lord. Now, we're, and we're going to go to the doctor, we're going to do everything else in the world, but we are also, I'm going to lead you to the Lord first. Amen? Amen. It's your duty to lead your family into the presence of God in good times and bad. They led out in prayer and ordinances. They led the people of God to church. Now let me tell you, if dad goes to church, statistically 95% of the time, the rest of the family will go as well. 95%. That is how important it is that you put preeminence and importance and value on showing up to the house of God. Amen. Secondly, they facilitated animal sacrifice at that time. We're in the New Testament, not Old Testament now. But they facilitated the sacrifices that purified the congregation. Now, let me talk to you about that. You know what that looked like back then? Um, they, they would, you know, the, the spotless lamb or, or the, you know, the, the perfect heifer, they, they would make sacrifice for the people and push the sins of the people back uh, you know, from, you know, from judgment. And so they would, do, they would facilitate a reconciliation between the holy God and the sin that people had committed. It was their job to facilitate that. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was an important job, a job that must be done. They carried the burden of reconciliation over the nation. The burden of reconciliation, I, I, that, that stuck with me. Men in your family, you carry the burden of reconciliation. 
of bringing things back together, of healing relationships, of swallowing our pride, and seeing restoration happen. However it happens, whatever needs to happen, it's your job to facilitate it that your family may be whole. That, 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 that relationships may be healed. That problems and divisions do not, do, do not have a, a place amongst us. We carry, leaders, men, the burden of reconciliation between our families, our children, and anyone else. It's our job to make sure that we are whole, that we are holy. Amen? Amen. They facilitated repentance. If you're going to be the priest of the home, it is your job to facilitate repentance to those who are around you. Those You need to share Jesus, the good news of the gospel, not just to your family, but to all others who God places in your circle of concern, your circle of influence. You are the priest, and whenever you walk into that factory job tomorrow, you're the priest on duty, I said. You are the only one, possibly, who has it in him to facilitate salvation because you walk in there, and you have the blood of Jesus that's covered you, and you are an emissary, you are an evangelist and you are the high priest and they say I know, you know I, I know this is weird this is not where normally this stuff is done I don't go to church I've not been to church in years but I tell you what I need a priest I need somebody to point me in the right direction I need someone to share the gospel with me I need someone to help me to to, to get where I do. do you know how can I do it how could it could you pray for me why don't you it's your job to be the priest on duty hallelujah just off the top of my head, but I do remember uh, this, this young lady. She worked at the gym where I worked in physical ther- therapy, and you know she was just always doing her own thing. You know she was you know, you know into into the fitness shows and all this kind of stuff. But something tragic happened to her sister, and then all of a sudden she looked around and she began to be frantic. And then she saw me in the back doing my job. And she said, oh, "Could you come here for a minute? Can you leave your patient just for a second? I said, "Well, okay. You know, you stay here for one second. You take a rest between the sets that you're doing." And I said, "What's going on?" She pulled me into the room. She said, "Oh, my sister. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't." You I know she's missing and I'm scared to death and so I took her by the hand and we began to pray and God fell down in FitWorks Fitness Center because there was a priest on duty who was in touch with the high priest nothing about me, all I am is just a beat up, banged up, messed up conduit for the grace of God, for the mercy for the blood that still flows from Calvary and thus you are and God fell in that place not because there was a spiritual person because I was a knucklehead but I knew how to get in touch with God you are a priest. Amen. We no longer make sacrifice of animals. The Word of God says in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present lambs, money. What do we present to God to get to, 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 to obey Him, to do right? What do we give to Him? What does He want? You want my tithes, maybe? What do you think God wants, guys? What does he want? No, children, what does he want from us? What? Does he want our monies? He's going to make more money, right? Does he want us to sacrifice animals? That's right. Say it together. Us. So the word of God says that we present ourselves a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So now the priest that we are, we don't sacrifice other things. We don't sacrifice other people. We don't even just sacrifice this and that and the other. We're the sacrifice, and we live for God. We don't live for money. 
We don't live to get famous. We don't live for anything else but for God. Amen. Now, we've done, I think we've done three, and we've got two more. Are you with me? You're being very good, and I appreciate you. Because I rebuke you when you're bad, but I'm going to bless you when you're good, and you're being good. I love you. But the morning is still young. <laughs> Amen. And they cannot always be good. Amen. They taught the word of the law. In Leviticus 10 through 11, we read that in the book of the law distinctly, he gave sense. So, so the word says this, so they read in the book of the law of God distinctly, and he gave the sense, which means he made them understand it, and caused them to understand the reading of the word. Nehemiah 8 and 5. If the people did not understand the law, it was the priest's job to explain. I'm not done yet, and if you want me to you know, get hyped up again, maybe in a little bit, but let's talk about something else. Priest of the home, it is your duty, not mine, to teach your children the ins and outs of biblical living. Amen? Because I'm up here shooting with a shotgun, not a sniper rifle. I, and you guys, I get one crack at you about once a month. It is the duty of the mother and father in the home to teach their children first. That's where it starts, right? And as the priest of the home, it's up to you to say, well, you know, we, we, maybe we have some friends who do it this way, but we do it this way because I'm the priest of this home. And I'll give you the sense of the law, and I'll show you what the word says, and, and we're going to love everybody and fellowship and, and be in sweet harmony. That's great. But, but, but in the family, the husband and the wife need to teach the children those beautiful things. Amen. And, I, and I'll do my best. I'll try and keep up. But like I said, if I take one verse a year, we'll, you know, or one verse of service, we'll be here a long time. We need to invest in that. One of the great tragedies and problems in America that we are dealing with today is that to a large degree in, in generations past, parents have abdicated the education of their children to people with an agenda that is not godly. We have abdicated and checked out and allowed people we don't know to instill values we don't agree with into our own children. This is falling heavier than I thought it would, and I'm fine with it. Amen? Thought you'd be swinging from, you know, from whatever. We don't, I always say, say chandeliers, but we took them out. Not for that reason. They, they did not be swinging anyway, but I don't care. We need to not abdicate the spiritual responsibility of raising our children and instilling the values of God's word in them to anyone else. Thank God for good teachers. Thank God for, for pastors and preachers. But we're going to win or lose that fight in your living room. Amen. It is the responsibility of the priest of the home to clearly teach the nuances and instances in the word of God. Thus, the priest must know them. Amen. And some of us, you know, weren't raised in church. Some of us don't, you know, but what we do know, we're under authority to teach and to instill the love and grace, forgiveness, holiness, and righteousness to our children. And you know what I do when I don't know something? Well, depends. If it's with Polly, I'll pretend for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll wing it. 
but sometimes I'll, I'll look it up. I'll study. I'll learn. I'll study to show myself approved. Amen. That's what the Word of God says. The Lord doesn't intend for you to know everything, but we can find it. We can study, give ourselves over to it. Amen. Praise the Lord. How, Sister Evelyn always has good questions. How many times have I told you I'll get back with you? A lot of times. See, now we just burst the bubble of me knowing something. You know, to everybody else, they thought I was smart, but you knew better. So sometimes she'll say, what is the Word of God talking about right here? What exactly does that mean? And I'll, and I'll go before the Lord, and then I'll pray and seek the Lord, and then I'll study, and I'll do some research, and then we'll have an answer. Amen? Priest, you can do that. Yeah, it'd be all right. I don't, I don't know if you thought that because I was some kind of card-carrying preacher that I had a good grip on everything. I really don't. I try, but we can study it out and find out. Amen? Moving on. The last one. Say Amen. 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 I'm, I can add two more if you don't say amen. Say amen. There it is. Amen. So now this, like, wives, husbands, you, you understand that I'm talking to everybody, but I'm specifically laying some burdens on some folks who are supposed to be the uh, the patriarchs, the leaders at the gates, the, the, the defenders, amen, who are under higher... Um, not just authority, but uh, you know, what, what is the word of God? Yeah, you help me. Responsibility, a better one, a fancier one. Culpability is great too. One more, come on, somebody. Under, there's another fancy word, so I'll just have to do my best. Under greater condemnation, the word of God says, we're under greater condemnation if we don't do our job. Amen. So I, I, I am going to highlight that. The, the priest had another interesting job, a job I don't think that you guys want, a job I didn't really want. Um, but they, it was their job to ascertain, which means to find out and figure out, if something was healthy or not, if something was sick or not, or diseased or not. Now, I'm going to give you two cool verses, both about Jesus. Do we love Jesus? Amen. Amen. So, it, um, and I'll just say, I'll just reference it, but it's in Luke uh, 17, and then there's another one in Luke 5. And in both of these inter- in- instances, number one, everybody remember the 10 lepers, and then nine of them went away, and they never said thank you. We remember that from Sunday school. But one came back and said thank you to Jesus. Remember that one? Carson, you remember that one? It's a good one. Um, and then there's another one where it's just one man, um, and then he is, uh, he is healed by Jesus. And in both instances, Jesus says to the sick who have been healed, he says to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. Now, the reason why you had to do that was if you had leprosy and you had this terrible disease, they didn't want everybody else to get it, so they kind of had to quarantine uh, legitimately in that case, and then uh, they had to go stay away from everybody else because you didn't want them to all get leprosy too. But if God were to heal you, um, you had to, in order to reenter the society, come back to, the, you know, to everybody else and live with your family, you went to the priest, and he would look at you, and he would know for sure whether or not you were safe to be around other people or if other people were going to die because you did that, right? It's a weighty responsibility for a priest to have to separate families and friends and communities. Not fun. Not fun at all. But Jesus, whenever he had healed them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And so they would go to the priest and say, hey, look, I don't have leprosy anymore. And he's like, sure enough, go back to your wife and kids. Go back to your family. Go back to your brother and sisters. Uh, You're healed. I don't know how it happened, but it did. So Jesus, that was his protocol. He said, go show yourself to the priest. Show him that I healed you. And praise God that he did do that. Amen? And Jesus came to do that. He came to remove the blemishes off of us that we might enter the congregation once again and be in right relationship with God. 
Now I want to teach a little bit more, just a little bit more to the priest of the home. You have the responsibility to cut off some things in your home that are not healthy. And you must have the understanding to know the difference. There are things that come down to your responsibility. There are, there, there are patterns of behavior uh, that are toxic, that are poisonous, and it is the job of the priest to know the difference between what is healthy and right living and cut it off and say, you know, it may not make me popular. I, mm, come on, Dad. It may not make you popular. The kids may, may be mad at you. They may, they may pout. They may kick and throw a fit. Uh, your, your wife might even get after you sometimes. I don't understand exactly. But if, but if you know what the Word of God says and you have been led in your spirit to do something, it is your responsibility, culpability. That was the word I was looking for. You are culpable for what you allow in and for what you cut off. Amen. The culpability rests with the priest of the home. Now, in some cases, like I said, that's the mama because somebody else has, you know, has abdicated that relationship sometimes in that, that place. And thank God that uh, there's neither male nor female, neither Jew nor Greek, neither barbarian. It don't matter because we are all Christians. We're all saved by the same blood and that we are all priests. Amen. Thank God for it. But whoever is the priest of the home, I am laying some heavy burdens down on you. I'm laying down on you the patterns of priesthood, what it means to operate as the priest of the home. I said that if something needs cut off, you don't look to somebody else. You stand between destruction and sin and your loved ones. You stand up. You cut off. You rebuke in the night that attack from the enemy. Amen. We're almost done here. The man is the spiritual head of his home and is called to protect that home. But now I want to talk to you about another high priest. For we all have need of a high priest who is able to go where we cannot go and who has gone where we never could. He is the priest. He is the high priest. And it is Christ Jesus. For once a year, one time a year, children, we're almost there. Are you going to land this plane with me? You know, we're, we're, we're almost there. Are you going to land this plane with me? Somebody said amen. Amen. One time a year, there was a high priest, the high priest in the Old Testament, and he would have a perfect sacrifice to make. And he would go to a place that nobody else could go, and it was beyond a big curtain. You got curtains in your living room? Okay. The babies all in it, pull them down. You've seen that before? Okay, so you got to be sturdy, have some sturdy curtains. They had a big curtain in the house of God, right? And beyond this curtain, and I mean, it was like this thick. It was crazy. Like, not that wide, that thick. It was a monster, monster curtain. Because not in, just anybody could go in that place. And it was called the Holy of Holies. And only once a year, the high priest would go there to facilitate, which means to make it happen, restoration and forgiveness and rightness between God Almighty, who was so holy, and the sins of his people. Once a year, he would go. You remember what happened on Calvary when Jesus died? Now, if you read back, now you'll be thinking when you read it, something happened whenever he gave up the ghost and he died on that cross and he said, it is finished. 
there was a there, 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 there was a lightning bolt there from heaven. There was a crack of thunder that split the sky. And what happened? Less than a mile away where the, where the, where the temple was, from the very top of that curtain to the very bottom, there was a cutting, a splitting that happened, and the curtain split wide open. And it was crazy. And no one had ever seen a thing like that before. But because whenever Jesus Christ died and gave himself for us, he opened up the way once and for all, and we had access to go in just me, not a high priest, not somebody with a better beard, not somebody who was perfect, but little old me and little old you could go into the presence of an almighty God. And there find forgiveness and restoration, find all the things that we need. And when Jesus died, the veil was torn. And we can enter in as priests. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Because now we can be saved. We have access now. And he is the high priest of my heart. And I can, through his righteousness, therefore be the priest of my home. Because he is the priest of my heart. I can be the priest of my home because it is not just me, but he who lives within me. Amen. So now what we're going to do, and if you're new, you're a visitor, claustrophobic, to some degree I will understand. But what we're going to do is important. Me and Anthony were talking about this. So young people, come forward and let's stand right here. And you're going to face me. Come, come. If you will. Thank you, Jackson. Amen. Let's get a nice line. Boys on this side, girls on this side. Bring it in, bring it in. Amen. Thanks, boys. Hi, Olivia. It's good to have you. Amen. Praise God. Hey, Carter, what's up, man? I'm glad you're here today. Love you, buddy. Amen. Grady, thanks for leading out. So now, everybody stay here. You come up here, and if you're bad, I'm going to get you. But I need you. Austin, come to me. Come to me. That's my buddy. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for coming. All right. Now, mamas and women of God, they don't have to be your kids necessarily. Mothers and women of God, come forward, and we're going to stand behind them. Come. Come. Yes, mothers. Ladies, women of God, amen, mothers of the church. And now I want a singular line, not, not like a big conglomeration. So let's get coverage here. And now I'm going to preach to some of these men folk while you guys stay there. Amen. Praise God. You can gather behind your children or somebody else's. Amen. So men, yeah, let's get that line extended a little bit if we need to, but I don't want it bulky, pushing back. I want room for the men as well. So let's swing around a bit, a bit, a bit. All right, men, now I'm going to preach to you for a minute. I'm going to give, just give you this example. I was reading, uh, Anthony, I was, after our talk, I was 
listening to this audiobook and like reading after uh, you know this story and uh, the Roman legions, which Paul kind of references with sword and, and spear and uh, and their shields, the way that it would look you know for a soldier. Um, the Roman legions were under attack and they had their formation set up and all their red cloaks billowing and, and their golden standard and they were outnumbered uh, by all this host of screaming, howling warriors, these barbarians that would run at them and they were covered in blue paint on their faces and they were huge and they had huge swords and they were coming at this small little outnumbered Roman line of legionary soldiers and it looked like they must surely be overcome and then one giant champion jumped out from above everybody else and he led the charge with his enormous sword and he was muscular and he was terrifying and his hair was spiked up uh, with this white uh, substance and he looked like something out of your worst nightmare and he outpaced everyone else and he saw the line of shields men listen up men and just as he was going to jump and leap with both feet to kick in one man's shield and so split open the formation so that all the soldiers could be killed. At the very last moment, the legionary who stood there with his shield standing strong, he said at the last second, the man on left and right slipped the lip of their shield behind his. And that terrifying giant jumped at him and then bounced off three shields instead of one. Because the men on left and right side of him knew enough to know that if we don't stand together, we're not going to stand at all. And we got to pray for somebody else's children. We got to sometimes see a brother who is struggling and we got to slip the shield behind them. Sometimes we have to uh, uh, stand up and fight fights that are not our fights. Sometimes we got to get involved on a different level, all right? And sometimes, yeah, maybe it's not our responsibility, but I will not see my brother struggle and fail whenever I have strength left in my arm. I will stand with you and you just let me know what you're fighting. You just let me know what's come against you because I will stand with you in the fight. Now I want to call some men of God to come and stand and make a shield wall behind these women of God, behind the children. And we're going to pray maybe like you've not prayed in a while. If you got family up here, I encourage you to come. And we're going to make a wall of prayer and faith behind them. And we're going to pray. Let's go ahead. Come, Let's worship. Let's get it going. Hallelujah. 